morning to all of you listening. I am Joan Hogan, and I'd like to welcome you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Dr. Rick Holm, our medical expert, is on his way. He's going to be here in a couple of minutes, and he'll be ready to answer any questions you might have of a medical nature. As most of you know, Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Stanford School of Medicine. With me today, Dr. Holm is a little late, but I'm very happy to, to welcome a new guest to our program, Dr. Emily Abley, an OBGYN physician who's joined the staff at the Brookings Health System this fall. So glad to have you here, Dr. Oh, look at he walked in the door. <laughs> welcome. Hello. Uh, Dr. Holm just arrived, and I was just introducing uh, Dr. Abley. Yes. So welcome to the program. Well, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for being here. Yes, absolutely my pleasure. So our new OBGYN. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're from where originally? Originally from Sioux Falls, uh, born and raised, and went to uh, all of my schooling through there, and then uh, went to Augustana for undergrad, and then went to University of South Dakota for uh, my medical school, and... Uh, following that, went to University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha for residency. Oh, so and now uh, I'm here. <laughs> and now you're in Brookings. Yes. So what drew you to Brookings? I know that you probably had a million other places that you could have practiced, but you picked Brookings. What was that? As I was uh, looking at where I wanted to be, we wanted uh, my husband and I wanted to be close-ish to family, um, and my family is in Sioux Falls still. Um, so uh, as we were looking, um, uh, the opportunity in Brookings uh, presented itself, and uh, when we were going around uh, doing different interviews, uh, the town size, the um, practice size. Uh, all the variety that I would be able to see and work with, as well as uh, the ability to do um, more things like prolapse and incontinence uh, that I have an interest in, um, has been one of the things that uh, really drew me to Brookings. And um, as we've been living here, I have not been disappointed in uh, the welcoming community. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been great. You know, uh, prolapse incontinence. Yes. So that's an interesting uh, little uh, um, run of words. <laughs> Why don't you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so pelvic organ prolapse uh, is where uh, the pelvic organs uh, start to uh, prolapse outside of the body, uh, sometimes uh, just a little bit, uh, sometimes a lot. Um, and so um, working with patients uh, with different uh, types of treatments uh, to help them have a more comfortable uh, life with that um, or uh, working with them to do surgery to correct that. Um, and then incontinence, there's uh, different kinds. Uh, so some that are able to be treated with medication. Uh, so those would be um, uh, urge incontinence and then uh, stress incontinence is more with la laugh, cough, cough sneeze uh, type of incontinence and uh, so that is uh, better fixed with uh, a surgery. Um, so I uh, treat all of those and so yeah. That's good to have that talent in yes. our community that's for sure. Well, we, I think Joan's giving me the evil eye. It's time to take <laughs> that first break, but I, I, we welcome you to our community. This is a wonderful place to live. It is. And, uh, and let's 
we'll get on with it yeah. and get Dr. back. Dr. Holm and I both moved here from other communities, and we have never regretted a moment of it. Not right? a it's moment. been a phenomenal no place to live, to raise our family, and to continue on with good friends throughout the community. So it's a great place to be. We're going to take a break. Before we do, I did want to mention there's an interesting program that will be held at the Brookings Health System. It's called Building Blocks to Baby. It will be held on Tuesday, October 8th at the Brookings Hospital in Conference Room A. You can, it's free of charge. You can pre-register at the Brookings Health. Just call Brookings Health and they'll tell you about it. What the one, the the really nice thing about this is, and I'm sure many women my age wish something like this had been available before we had children, it is just giving people an idea who are thinking of having children all that will occur. And very, very helpful. I think uh, uh, you'll meet the OBGYNs that are on staff, and you, you'll find out a lot. So it's Tuesday, October 8th. Uh, if you're interested in this or you have a young person in your family who is interested, please tell them about it and just call the Brookings Health System. Thanks. We'll be back right after these words. The Avera Medical Group Brookings wants you to know the benefits of breastfeeding. Did you know that breast milk has ideal nutrients for babies, contains important antibodies to fight viruses and bacteria, may reduce disease risk, promotes a healthy weight, and has positive effects on long-term brain development. Talk with your provider about the benefits of breastfeeding. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today. Joan Hogan with Dr. Holm in the studio. And our guest today is Dr. Emily Abley, who is the newest OBGYN at the Brookings Health System. That's one of those names that just trips off the tongue. Yes, Emily <laughs> Abley, right. I was going to say your mother must have liked the, but no, Abel, is your married name. <laughs> that's married that's correct. That yeah. what, what was your maiden name? Thornton. Oh, so Emily Thornton is mm. just fine. Emily Abley. That sounds like a ship, the <laughs> Emily Thornton. <laughs> okay. Well, we were talking to Emily, and she is uh, practicing OBGYN at the Brookings Hospital, and um, I... I do know that there is there's new things going on at the hospital all the time. One thing I think you might talk about is when we when when I had two of my children, my two youngest in Brookings, I thought the place was state of the art. It was fantastic. That's over 40 years ago. There's a new <laughs> hospital. Tell me what is state of the art in uh, care for women at that hospital. It's got to be different than when I was there. Oh, wow. Um, So they have a newly remodeled uh, unit for labor and delivery, and the rooms are uh, rooms that you can stay in through the entire labor, delivery, and postpartum so you don't get wheeled into another room Correct. for the delivery. You stay in the room. You stay in the room, okay. um, and they have all of the equipment that's necessary for uh, delivery and to care for baby. Um, and we have um, our family practice doctors that uh, come for uh, any issues with uh, babies and uh, take care of them after they're born. Um, and we have the OR that's uh, just... Uh, right downstairs to be able to take care of anybody that needs uh, a c-section for whatever reason Uh, but we have a great um, vaginal delivery rate uh, and so yeah so what are are the average uh, vaginal delivery rates in the united states and what are ours yeah so average tends to run around 30 percent for c-section rates Um, and here um, i think the last i heard we were around about 
13, 14% for C-section rate. So much. 30% compared to 13%. Yeah, and that also includes a lot of the um, uh, multiple pregnancies uh, as well as uh, more complicated diseases uh, of the baby and uh, mom. So there are some conditions that uh, would be really high risk that we wouldn't necessarily care for here in Brookings um, that are cared for elsewhere. Um, so that also is uh, part at least of the part of it, but we have more. great um, support for our laboring moms. We have a doula program uh, that uh, helps women through labor um, and uh, is a part of the whole care, which really is a huge part in getting women to be able to successfully have vaginal deliveries, is having that uh, support through labor. There is a lot. Of, there are many advantages to vaginal delivery over yeah. C-section. What would some of those be? Yeah, so it would be a quicker recovery time. Um, women tend to feel a little more back to their normal uh, faster. Um, thinking about future pregnancies, risks uh, for other pregnancies are less just because you don't have that scar that has to heal on the uterus after delivery. Um, and have the potential of that coming apart um, either during labor or uh, um, earlier on. Um, so definitely something that we think about. Um, also can cause scarring inside the abdomen. And so it makes uh, other surgeries that you might do, including a hysterectomy, uh, if that's needed later on, uh, can make that a little more challenging just because the adhesions, there's already the scar adhesion, tissues scar tissue form. form, yes. So well, avoiding adhesions is a good thing. Yeah. Yes, always. Well, you uh, mentioned hysterectomies, <laughs> and I know that they are performed at the Brookings Hospital. And I know that you had that new Da Vinci robot. Is mm -hmm. that used for hyst hysterectomies as well? Yes, that's used for hysterectomies. Um, there's a variety of different things that it can be used in surgery, uh, but in gynecology, uh, in my specialty, then um, that's primarily what it's used for um, in our context. Um, in specific specialties, then they can use it for um, other uh, treatments, but for a general gynecologist, it would essentially just be for hysterectomies. And had you had experience before with the robot? Are you interested in it? Yeah. I, I'm just curious because yeah. I know it's a new thing that is, uh, from any surgeon I've talked with, and I've talked with a few of them, they just feel it's just one more step ahead for them to do a better surgery. Yeah, um, I have a lot of experience uh, through residency with uh, training on the robot and doing hysterectomies. Um, we had a lot of our attendings um, use the robot to accomplish uh, their hysterectomies, um, as well as uh, using straight stick laparoscopy. So there's definitely some skills that are easier to learn on the robot um, as opposed to uh, with the regular instruments. Um, but yeah, I definitely have an interest in uh, being able to perform uh, these hysterectomies and use the robot as a tool to make that um, a little um, more uh, straightforward and clear for uh, the surgery planes and all that. So there's a lot of the surgery planes that mm -hmm. you just said. I mean, there's a lot about what's moving forward and has, has been changing in in the uh, OBGYN world. Mm -hmm. Do you anticipate a lot more coming? 
It's kind of hard to say. Uh, sometimes I, uh, I think in the robotics world, there's still a lot to come. Um, there's a lot that has been developed in the recent years. Um, so a lot of changes that have happened. And I think there's a lot of still room for improvement, um, making things a little more um, condensed because um, the robot takes up extra room and stuff so mm. um, but yeah definitely room for uh, improvement and uh, continued advancement um, the technology is a great one and uh, so I think but we'll is technology always better I mean you know I know that uh, yeah. uh, uh, certainly industry develops a new technique they push it out there they say okay now we have this new method of surgery, this new method of delivery, this new method of, but it doesn't always, it's just, it's more expensive, but it's not always better. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that it, it isn't, right. but uh, I'm just, I, I want, what do we know that it is better? What do we know about yeah. uh, the new technology? So with this technology, uh, we are able to use uh, a camera setup that is linked to the console um, where the surgeon can see in 3D as opposed in kind of like a television screen where it's 2D. So you can get more of the depth and exactly where things are. Um, so sometimes when you're working around really sensitive um, areas, so around the ureters, the tubes that take urine from the kidneys down to the bladder, those are close to where we're working a lot of the time. And uh, so being able to identify that and uh, work closely to it but not uh, damage it in any way right. is really important um, and that can be done uh, with other forms of laparoscopic, laparoscopic surgery but it uh, is a little more difficult to visualize that and protect uh, the normal anatomy. So you uh, we're finding then that there's improvement in uh, protecting the normal anatomy to protect the ureters from your surgeries and, and uh, to do it safer. Uh, yeah, and they're fairly equivalent, um, but it it's more the comfort level of the surgeon, too, because um, if you've gotten used to doing it one way and you're doing something for the first time in a new way, it's not going to be the same. But as uh, the technology has uh, come out more and more, it's shown at least equivalency uh, in those areas. Yeah. So I think we'll see those those things advance. There's no question about it. It's, yeah. it, it's great that we have it here. Yes. And uh, thank you on that, Emily. Very good. Cool. What, what are you saying, discussion. Joan? Yeah, we need to take a break. And oh. uh, as you know, all of you listening, our program is generated by our audience's call-in questions. If you're listening from the Brookings area on your radio or from anywhere in the world via KBRK Internet live stream, give us a call. If you're not in the area, use the area code 605, and the number is 692-6935. And we'll return right after this. Rabies is a virus that infects wildlife, especially bats, raccoons, skunks, and foxes in the U.S. It can spread to people and pets when they are bitten or scratched, causing fever, agitation, and death. Rabies is 100% preventable with post-exposure prophylaxis that includes rabies vaccine and medications to fight infection as long as people get the prophylactic medication before the symptoms starts. Understanding the risk of rabies and knowing what to do after contact with wildlife can save lives. 
If you have contact with a wild animal, talk with your primary care provider immediately so that post-prophylactic medication can be started as needed. This is brought to you by the Vera Medical Group, Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Dac Radio. Joan Hogan here, and with me in the studio, of course, is our Dr. Rick Holm. And our guest today is Dr. Emily Abley, who is an OBGYN at the Brookings Health System. Before we continue our discussion of Emily's practice, I should mention Dr. Holmes' television program tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, it will be a live program and it will be discussing blood vessel disease and the problems it can cause. You have two returning physicians, I think, Dr. Mike Bacharach and Dr. Dustin Weiss or Weiss? I think it's Weiss. Weiss, Uh, okay. You know, uh, talk about technology, Emily. Uh, this is uh, we're going to be doing uh, angioplasty uh, with one of the leading experts in the world, uh, Mike Backrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not from Ipanema. <laughs> uh, just to, just to make and you mention that I'm sure every time on the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no, but uh, the other side of it is that uh, we have a vascular surgeon who who usually cuts with a scalpel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and a thoracic surgeon, that kind of a thing. So uh, we have a surgeon and a cardiologist turned vascular endo surgeon. You know, I mean, in other words, this is where we've seen internal medicine advance into the surgical realm of things. And so we have a surgeon and an internist uh, uh, by two different frames of thinking together on the, on the show tomorrow night. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Dr. Holm also does a weekly, uh, tel- uh, excuse me, newspaper, newspaper article. And this one, of course, is on uh, vascular problems. And the thing, the, the thing that you summarize at the end is the importance, if you have vascular problems, of course, you're going to have it examined, maybe have surgery, but the importance of the hose. Yeah, Tell us about that. Well, you know, uh, so one of the biggest problems that people have uh, are, are edema problems of the lower leg. And the causes of edema can be a lot of causes. And I see that you have a hose on, partly because there's this bel- bulge in your belly. I we should not wait a minute. It's not nice. Sorry. Emily is pregnant. She's not bulging. Congratulations. And she is wearing support hose. And she wears support hose yes. because she knows the value of... Right. preventing <laughs> worsening vein problems in the lower extremity. I'm sorry, that I got off on a tangent. <laughs> but well, vein me. problems is terribly important uh, pre- to prevent. And support hose, particularly below the knee, that gets 90% of it. Uh, you know, support hose can really help people, particularly who are pregnant or people who are standing a lot or sitting a lot. And... Um, because uh, leg edema, once you get trouble with the valves in the lower uh, extremities, you know, the valves in the veins, once you start getting into trouble, it just sort of gallops. It's like a snowball rolling down a hill. And to get people attentive about that is, is really difficult, you know, particularly if they get trouble. Then it hurts for them to elevate the legs and get the edema out. Then there's pain when they're getting the edema out, so they don't elevate their legs, they don't wear support hose. Then it gets worse. And then it gets <laughs> even worse. Yes. 
And so, so and then you have blood clots and so on and so forth. So the the I'm essay glad that article, that essay really emphasized the importance of the support host. You know, I looked at the essay, I read the essay, you know, once it's in the newspaper, you read it again and you go, Ooh, it's ooh, not my best essay. Because it was so complex. Because the issue of venous disease is different than the issue of arterial disease. And they're just two whole different systems, well tied to one. Mm -hmm. But they're just, any comments about uh, leg, uh, venous problems in the lower extremities, Emily? Um, that's a good question. I, there's definitely uh, an importance in pregnancy for uh, keeping uh, edema away and uh, being proactive about it is really important. Um, and uh, not being as reactive. Uh, so yeah, and then as uh, people age, then that's also definitely something to continue to consider. Um, and family history plays a big part in, um, in uh, things like varicose veins and stuff. So that all kind of is tied in. I had a lady in Atlanta as a patient when I was an intern who said, I've got them very close veins, you know, Doc. Yes. Very close. <laughs> They're very They're close, very and I need close. help. Mm -hmm. and, uh, along with a, uh, uh, one lady came in and said to me, I actually heard this, uh, her child had, when, when her child was younger, uh, he had uh, the, the smile and mighty Jesus disease. What is You've that? You've never heard the smile and mighty Jesus? <laughs> that was the spinal meningitis but misinterpreted oh. I mean they're just mighty all Jesus. sorts I love it oh, oh the, the, that's a good one. Oh, the the you've not heard I got something Bob's never heard before <laughs> Bob hears it I've all got, but that's a new one for him uh, hey since we're off topic we had sorry. a call a question come in that has okay. nothing to do with what we've discussed oh, okay. so right. we'll get to <laughs> a new topic how's that okay that time, the caller time would, we, we appreciate your calls and we do appreciate this question the person would like to know what are the symptoms of West Nile disease and how do you know if you have it? First of all, you have to be bit by a mosquito, right? Right. West you Nile. You don't know if you were bit, so there you are. West Nile is like Ebola virus. It's like um, uh, uh, the encephalitis that the, um, the horses can get, equine encephalitis. It's a virus that is... Uh, spread by a, a tick or by a, a mosquito. It is a, a disease that uh, devastates the neurologic system. And uh, it can be as mild as I've got a mild, I've got a headache with a kind of a stuffy nose and kind of ache all over kind of virus symptom. Or to as severe as uh, paralyzed and on a breathing tube for years and then death follows. Uh, it's it's uh, terrible, and it's one more reason to try to avoid mosquito bites. Mm -hmm. So right. how do you know if you have it? Uh, you you can have a blood test for it, uh, and you ha would have that if your neurologic symptoms uh, are bad enough, which would include uh, meningitis-like symptoms, uh, or stiff neck, or headache, or neurologic symptoms of 
of uh, weakness and tiredness and uh, well if this caller is concerned the best thing they could do would be make an appointment and get that blood test right right uh, so you find can out get, now so you can get therapy right you know what the therapy is I don't know we don't have anything for it I mean we just have supportive therapy so to get the diagnosis is uh, I would wait until it's really severe uh, I, I, it just doesn't help to have the diagnosis because there's not much we can do for do it. Do some people get West Nile and have very minor right. symptoms and they're yes. well? And so not to panic the person completely, you can have it and have a mild case and then and you're the vast well majority, and you're fine. The vast majority is... So the minority uh, will have these extreme cases. That's right. And okay. when you're having extreme symptoms, then you need to probably be sought, uh, you know, see, seek out medical help, which is not always... Uh, helpful okay. and I, I guess what we should do in medicine is to say well we have options of help for you for everything but sometimes our our treatments are very effective and sometimes they're, they're not. not 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 helpful at all or only symptomatic help okay. which is good to have if you are having bad symptoms well on that note we're going to take our final break we will return right after this August is National Immunization Awareness Month. Here are just a few ideas of how you can promote immunizations. Talk with your friends and family members about how vaccines aren't just for kids. Shots can protect people of all ages from serious diseases. Encourage people in your community to get the flu vaccine every year. Invite a doctor or nurse to speak to parents about why it's important for kids to get vaccinated. If you have questions about immunizations, talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here with Dr. Rick Holm and our guest today. And we're so happy to have her with us is Dr. Emily Abley. And Rick, you had a question. Yeah. I, so what would be your take-home message that you would want to... Uh, leave with our audience I, I mean i'd particularly i'd like to hear about the team that we have on o, for OBGYN now different from when i practiced all those years ago yeah um take home point for from an OBGYN would be uh the importance of getting regular medical care um as a woman and um if there are things that uh, you feel that aren't uh, quite right to seek care for it and um, to um, not ignore some of those uh, symptoms. Um, we have a great team in uh, Brookings that uh, can see and treat uh, women from teenage years, uh, going through different uh, things with puberty, um, abnormal periods, those sorts of things, to obstetrics, taking care of women through their pregnancies, um, as well as perimenopause, menopause-type uh, symptoms. And um, urinary incontinence. And urinary incontinence, indeed. Um, so our team currently, uh, I'm the newest uh, in the group. Um, Dr. Gudwagen is going to be retiring at the end of the year. Um, so I am helping replace him. Um, our other uh, newest uh, addition is Dr. Kirsten Scholes. Um, and then we have two others that uh, are continuing uh, in the practice, uh, Dr. Laura Sabenis and Dr. Tara Harzma. Um, so that uh, is 
is our whole group um, and we're getting a new uh, practice space uh, in the upstairs of the specialty clinic uh, in the next uh, several months it sounds like so um, we'll have a little more space for um, being able to see and treat all of the patients that come and see us. So they're, they're with the exception of Dr. G, Dr. Goodwagen, mm -hmm. they're all women. Correct. And that's kind of right, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's women. Women taking care taking of women. Taking care of women. And yes. that, you know, I've often thought, I mean, I, I thought about going into OBGYN at one time. And, um, you know, as it, it was like there were mostly men in medicine. And now, with 50% being women, which mm -hmm. is really roughly how it's going, it's only right that women, women would be... Uh, interested in caring for women yeah. I think that's a good thing yeah I think it uh, makes our patients more comfortable in yes. some situations to have a woman that can actually commiserate with you and be like yes I I understand where you're coming from and then I've experienced <laughs> this or that uh, that's similar um, so uh, definitely has been encouraging for some patients yeah well, thank you so much. We appreciate you being with us. We have run out of time, but we hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. And we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit us at www.prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Dr. Abley, for being with us this morning. Yes, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, and, and really welcome to Brookings. This is a Thank great you. community. You'll love it. You'll grow right into you and, and you into it. Mm -hmm. And don't forget tomorrow night's show on uh, blood vessel disease and, and programs. Uh, uh, will be, it'll be fun. It'll it be will fun. be. So thank you all and uh, stay healthy out there, people. And don't forget, you need to exercise every day. <laughs>